you have the American dream. You run your own business. But running a business turns out to be more than you thought. It's a pain in the neck. You're not getting where you want to go. You're not getting what you want to get. And you're working 97 hours a week. We're here to help you fix that. This is the Small Business Celebration Podcast. I am your host, Michael Roberts, and on this podcast, you can learn something that you can use today to grow a strong and profitable business. Before we begin our interview with this week's successful small business visioneer, I want to take a moment and thank you, the listener, for listening to the Small Business Celebration Podcast. If you're listening to this podcast for the first time, you're about to hear an example of why after several thousand downloads in just over a year, small business owners, CEOs, CFOs, partners, and general managers download the Small Business Celebration podcast in record numbers on a weekly basis. We want to thank the tremendous content that our Visioneer guests continue to provide this podcast, our sponsors, and you, Visioneer Nation, who have subscribed to this podcast, internalized our guests' valuable insight, and because of it, are growing a strong and profitable business. And we thank you. Our guest today is Yanni Adams of the BIG Consulting Group. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Tell us a little bit about you and your business and what it is that you do. All right. Thank you for having me. Yes, we are branding, marketing, and public relations. We help entrepreneurs look good, basically, mm. to keep it simple. We um, do marketing, digital marketing. We do social media content. We do strategy, one-on-one -on -one coaching, anything that helps a, a small business look good. Mm. What got you into this line of work? You know, originally I started a freelance, actually, just my background was in psychology and I just used some of the things I used in, in my old job as a social worker to help families. I wanted to help small businesses mm. and I was just a freelancer and I really wanted to make an impact in the community and just helping one person at a time. And I realized I was like, uh, I'm pretty good at this. So I wanted to <laughs> use something I was good at and it just started to grow and I built a team. Mm. That's how it started. Gee, I could actually talk to business owners. They'll actually listen and holy cow, this is fun. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> it is fun. I really realized that we're, I saw things that people were just making little tiny mistakes mm. that could make a big impact on their business. How so? Little tiny things. I saw companies will have be passing out business cards mm. that you can't even read mm. or flyers that have wrong information on it. You're giving out flyers with the wrong information. On I it. see it all the time. Wow. And it's just, you would think that's a no brainer, mm -hmm. but people get on autopilot or they, they have graphics that don't make sense. Mm -hmm. You have all these graphics and they're not really thinking, well, I wanted to put all the information on it, but they're not really thinking about what is the best message to get to your consumer. Mm -hmm. They're thinking, well, I wanted to put everything on there. Why? Why did you want to put everything on there? Even the fax number. Are you faxing everybody? <laughs> I mean, they wanted to literally put every and the elephant and the kitchen sink wow. and everything on this one little tiny piece of paper. And it makes it micro small and it just really wasn't necessary. And then even some of the information is outdated. That person isn't even there anymore. And they emailed the template over from five other people. And it happens all the time. Wow. And so those little teeny tiny mistakes. And I see see it. And so I said, well, um, I come in there and I, they think it's not that important. And I'm, I just let them know it's hugely important. If people can't find your phone number or your social media handles, they're not going to get in touch with you. 
Oh, true. True, true. Not only that, I've seen, I've worked with some companies that didn't have any social media at all. Wow. And it's just because that's just not the company they had. Maybe they were afraid. They just, maybe that's not, they were kind of the old fashioned handshake type of business. There's nothing wrong with that. But now you're ready to make that change. How do Mm. you do it? Where do you start? So they come to us and we teach them. You mentioned that you do strategy Mm -hmm. and explain to our listeners what strategy means. Right. It's simple. Knowing how it's like a chess game, knowing how to move the right piece at the right time. Mm. Now I'm not the guru, know-it-all of all things business. No, because I don't have an MBA or any of that things. My background is in psychology. Mm. So the other part of my team has a background in organizational leadership and sociology. So we know people. Mm. I challenge people to tell me a business out there that doesn't have to do with people and the way people think and the way people move and the way people operate. And that's what it takes to be successful in business, knowing the next move, how they're going to think, how the consumer, which way the consumer is going to go, which way business is going to move and how it's going to operate. Because data and numbers and finances can only tell you so much if your manager is a jerk. Mm. Or if your social media person is not putting in correct information timely, you know, so all of these numbers and data doesn't mean anything if you're not putting the right strategy in place at the right time. How does a small business owner in general terms put together the most effective marketing strategy possible? You know, what we do, we put together a eclectic plan. Mm. So honestly, we look at every single thing. Every last detail thing. And it's important from the structure of your building to is a small business owner. Are you married? Are you single? How much of your self are you putting into your business? People think it's 100 percent. Really? Is it 100 percent or is it more like 50 percent? Are you putting in 50 percent into your children's soccer game? Right. We also look at, do you have liability issues? Do you have licensing issues? Do you have an accountant set up? Or do you belong to any organizations? What kind of skills and abilities are you already bringing in? What's your educational background? So you look at all of these factors, and we look at it, and we have a very detailed plan that we look at, and we map it out. We put that in comparison with your goals. Mm. It's a process. It's mm-hmm. not something that just happens in one section, I fix you up and patch you up and send you <laughs> on your way. No, it, it we form a plan and usually a set of goals over about a year and we evaluate them and look at where do you want to go, where do you want to be over that year and give you a plan and steps, a roadmap of how to get to where you want to go mm. and then repeat and kind of adjust those goals along the way. It depends. It depends on the business because every business doesn't have the same goal. Some want to grow. Some want to fine-tune what they have. Mm-hmm. Some want to train their staff or some want to downsize. Some want to successfully close up shit. It just depends on the business. Mm. And you also do marketing. You, you mentioned, as far as the marketing goes, the social media aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And what is the number one challenge that a lot of small business owners face when with social media? Uh, <laughs> Wanting to do it themselves and not effectively actually knowing how to do it. That's the biggest thing. And not being afraid to either spend the money or just kind of not knowing. There's a lot of self-help out there to do it yourself. Mm -hmm. But 
that's the biggest mistake I think I see a lot of business owners doing. If you really don't really have the skill or you don't have the time mm. and just go ahead and just spend the money because you'll lose $500 worth of business because you didn't want to spend $300 on your marketing. Mm. And why is social media important in today's day and age? Well, I think because marketing altogether, everything has changed. Mm. There is still media, but there's mail. Mm -hmm. There's still old-fashioned networking. I think it's a little bit of everything, but over time, it's television, it's social media. I mean, it's computers. It's changed a lot. Right. A lot of our consumers sometimes, uh, like, I look at, it depends on, well, it depends on the product, but you look at somebody like my son, he's never going to, he's never going to pick up a newspaper. Never. Right. You're trying to reach him for a product. You're never going to reach him with the mail out flyer. Right. If you're marketing to him with a mail out flyer, you're missing it. Right. Always. And I see people doing that. And at what point does the business owner go, okay, this is becoming too big for me and I need to find a professional. When, when does that happen? I think in the beginning, I think it's never too late to consult with someone. And a lot of times just to consult, it doesn't even cost anything to ask questions. Mm -hmm. They can contact me and ask questions. They can contact, they can go online and ask questions from the beginning. And then at least you have a price point to know, because if you don't know, then you're out there fishing around, creating spaces. You know how they say when you're going to fix a kitchen sink, now you've messed it up and you have to pay the next guy to come and fix what you've <laughs> messed up. So it's better to kind of get that information in the beginning. So you don't waste time. You don't waste money. And that's one of my models, actually. I don't like to waste time and I don't like to waste money. The way I'm set up, if I'm not if my clients aren't doing well, I'm not doing well. Mm. And I play to win. So I have to do well. So my clients have to do well. And if people want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? My phone number, first of all, 661-241-3880. My website has all my information on it. It's www.bigconsultllc.com. And they can email the company directly at bigconsultllc at gmail.com. Ron, what's with the kazoo? That doesn't sound very much like Christmas holidays. It's because New Year's is just around the corner. And many small business leaders like to inspire their employees and their favorite clients for a terrific new year ahead. And each time a visioneer reserves an order for our affordable tables, linens, plates, flatware, glasswares, and all the other decorations or tents you may need, we blow a kazoo. But what if I want to reserve all of our party needs from you at Geronco? Is it too late for the new year? Mike, I'll tell you and any member of Visionaire Nation that listens to this podcast, come on down to our shop at 7501 Brundage Lane here in Bakersfield or give us a call at 661-325-0855 or check us out on our website at Joronco Rentals, that's J-O-R-O-N-C-O, rentals with an S, dot com. Wait, let me get a piece of paper and, and a pen. And that was 7501 East Brundage Lane here in Bakersfield, at 661-325-0855 or on your website at Dronco Rentals. That's J-O-R-O-N-C-O rentals.com.
We're here with Yanni Adams, the owner of BIG Consulting. And tell us, first of all, what does BIG stand for? Yes. BIG stands for Business, Ingenuity, and Growth. Mm. I grew up here in Bakersfield. I'm six feet tall to the listeners. Okay. <laughs> six feet tall, and I'm, I'm not ashamed to say I'm a very... Uh, uh, Rubenesque female. <laughs> uh, all my life, I was always teased for being big. Mm. And it was always, oh, you're so big. You're so big. As I grew older, I came to embrace it. And you network and you take ownership of a room. And you've realized that when was being big bad? Who decided it was bad? Don't, doesn't any business want to be big? So that's how I named my company Big. You want to be big. How did all this start? You know, it just, it started actually, I think I was originally, it was about seven years ago when I was just helping a friend just with her small, I think it was, oh, I was helping with fashion, Mm. uh, was doing some image consulting. And then I helped another person and then I helped them with their fashion business, kept doing it, helping with another business. So basically I was just freelance consulting business. I'm talking $40, $50. And I kept doing it repeatedly. And I said, I think I can be successful at this. And that's how I started. And eventually I, and last year I built a team mm. and brought on Miss Washington, who has the, she's, I think, six months shy of her PhD in organizational leadership, which is phenomenal. She's extremely smart, built a team that knows a lot more, uh, well, a lot more about a lot of different subjects. So you've lived in Bakersfield for 49 years, 49 49 years. years, Yes. (laughs) 49 years, your whole, your whole life. And growing up here in Bakersfield is kind of is rather unique and Mm -hmm. in itself because so many people are transplants from somewhere else to Bakersfield. Yes. How did the idea of wanting to go into psychology start to begin with? Where did the whole genesis of this begin? Well, you know, originally, uh, see, I went to Cal State Bakersfield. I got my BA in psychology there. After that, I started working in human services Mm. and I worked there for 17 and a half years. Mm. Then I went and got my master's in counseling psychology. Mm. And I just really, really like psychology. I like to study people and the way we think and the way we behave. And everything I studied in school was always about the workplace, behavior in the workplace, how we interact with each other in a business setting setting. Mm. And actually, I plan to start in the spring, I want to go back for my PhD in organizational psychology, I want to keep it going, because I'm really interested in this topic. When I started looking at all of these different factors of how we interact together in a workplace, I, I really looked at it. And I, I looked at other areas like LA, New York, San Francisco. Mm-hmm. It really, honestly, I'll be honest with you, it really wasn't new. It kind of was new to Bakersfield. Mm. There really wasn't a lot of organizational psychology here in Bakersfield, looking mm. at the way we interact together with people in Bakersfield. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of a new concept to Bakersfield. Mm-hmm. So I, I started it here. Originally, I wasn't very popular. I'll be honest, it wasn't. So I did a lot of my work in L.A. Mm-hmm. I would go to L.A. I, I, you know, I just got back today from the Bay Area. Miss Washington, she lives in Houston. So she does a lot of my teamwork in Houston. Right. It's more of a spread out concept. It's more new to Bakersfield. But people, it's catching on. So people are really getting used to it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. 
your interest in psychology, mm-hmm. where did that stem from? Because this interest didn't come out of a vacuum. Uh, no, I had a very troubled past myself. Mm-hmm. I struggled through college. Before college, I I actually was homeless. Really? I didn't, yeah, I, I struggled. It was 30 years ago. Was it 30? Yeah, about 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I brought myself up from that. I was a single mom. Mm-hmm. And I, I had the backpack in the f- back and a baby carrier in the front. And I fought myself up. I was determined that I was going to build a life for my son, mm-hmm. get myself through college. And I did. So rather than feel saddened by my situation, I felt empowered by my situation. Mm-hmm. And I was more determined than anything to succeed. Psychology was just more, you know, I don't know, it was just always interesting to me just to figure out that everything, there was a name and a motivation behind everything that we do in that the struggle that I had and the things that I've been through that I could take these and I could turn around and help somebody else. Mm. And that's all I wanted to do is help others. How did the idea of marketing get involved with this? Because you, mm-hmm. you've talked about the psychology of the human interaction within the business. Mm-hmm. How did the idea of marketing and social media as an extension come out of that? Right. You know what? Reading actually was that. And Mm. beginning was (laughs) reading, figuring out how I was about to market my own business. Mm -hmm. And as I was reading it, I said, really, this is people. This is understanding people and how it works together. And also in my minor in college is art and two-dimensional design, Mm. understanding how the colors come play together, how design plays together. And I said, this, this all comes together for me. I said, I can do this. But it's really people at the end of the day mm-hmm. and knowing how to find your right audience and not just with me, with other people as well. I want to teach people how they interact with each other. So somebody with, that's naturally maybe kind of shy, they have gifts that they don't know about. Mm-hmm. People, somebody that is very well-read, They have gifts that they're naturally aren't aware about, but how we use these tools and gifts and ability to get the things we want and how we can't be afraid of those things. Mm. So that's what are the skills that I use in, in the marketing. Public relations is a big part of big consulting, Mm -hmm. public relations and and correct me if I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. Public relations is about creating a narrative. Mm-hmm. about a product or a service or a company impression, company's impression on the greater public. Mm-hmm. As the business, you're trying to control that narrative. Mm-hmm. How does the psychology and the human interaction work or pair with with developing that narrative? Well, the main thing we do is, number one, the way we go about getting to know the business. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times it's more than just telling your story, oh, you have a PhD or you have a business and you have this, but who are you really at the core? Mm. A lot of times uh, we have a way of just asking things and getting to know people. 
people sometimes naturally have been doing this, but in different ways. Back in the day, they say they used to do it over a golf course or over a cup of coffee. But that's what it is. It's making that humanistic connections. And that's more important than sitting there with an Excel sheet and a spreadsheet really gathering all this data about a person because that's not really telling you very much. Mm -hmm. But it's really the good old-fashioned getting to know a person at the core so you're being able to tell their story the correct way. Because that's what people really want to know. As a business leader, you are a visioneer. You are ethical, smarter, faster, and leaner than your mainstream competition. But what about your message? If your clients and customers don't clearly understand what you can do for them, you are leaving money on the table. If you confuse, you lose. Here at Small Business Celebration, we have a seven-step solution that can clarify your message and put you in the game. Don't leave money on the table. Go to smallbusinesscelebration.com and schedule a listening session today. We're here with Yanni Adams, the owner of BIG Consulting. You have a story about snowboarding. Oh, (laughs) tell us about snowboarding. Oh, that's funny. Yes. Oh, gee. Well, at 49... (laughs) <laughs> I decided to become a snowboarder. Okay. I know. And like I said, a tall burlesque female like myself, <laughs> why did I pick that up? And my friends all think I'm completely insane and I don't care. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I went to a ski weekend last March in Tahoe mm-hmm. and I was up in Tahoe and I was out with, and I'm single, so I was out with a, like a little mixer they had. Mm-hmm. And there were some guys there, some older guys, and they said, um, the next day we go up to the mountain and they all ski. And they said, well, you're going to hit the slopes tomorrow. And I said, um, oh, yeah, I'm going to go tubing. And they kind of side-eyed each other. I was like, oh, she's going to go tubing. <laughs> and I said, yeah, tubing. What's wrong with that? Tubing. Uh, they kind of looked at me, and I didn't get it. The next day, I got up to the mountain, and I saw the cute little girls in their snowboarding gear, and they skied by, <laughs> and a girl with her snowboard, she went by. And there I am with this big tube with the kids with their unicorn gear and their Teletubby (laughs) gear and the tube line. And I finally understood why the tubing was so silly. And I said, okay, I get it now. So then I said, okay, well, I wanted to, I said, the snowboarding, that looked kind of cool. And my friend that was with me told me, she looked at my thick thighs and said, well, maybe you should try skiing because it's a little easier. Wow. That, I took that as a challenge. And I was more determined than ever to be a snowboarder. And I bought a snowboard and I'm going to Mount Baldy on December 14th. I have a cabin already rented. Nice. Mm -hmm. Nice. And I have a passes at Alta Sierra. So I'm waiting for it to open because they just had snow. Yes, yes, yes. And I don't expect it to be easy. Nothing is easy and I'm going to fall a lot. I'm prepared for that. I've been doing physical therapy on my knee, getting it ready. So um, (laughs) yeah, but I'm challenged and, you know, it's exercise and I, I love it. I love the snow. The success that you've had in your business is all about getting back up again. Yes. It always has been. Yes. And any entrepreneur that has ever done anything has fallen down Mm -hmm. and sometimes fallen down hard. Yes. And has there ever been a standpoint in the growth of your business 
where you have fallen hard? <laughs> yes, there there are definitely challenges. Well, definitely with my business, I think one of the biggest challenges was in the beginning was tr- me having this. I think well, like when I first had my launch party, I had the I had the biggest vision to throw the biggest party Bakersfield had ever seen. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Oprah's going to speak and then there's going to be some unicorns coming in with <laughs> glitter and I'm going to pop out of a helicopter and then I'm going to just give out dollars to all my guests. But Chase Bank had other ideas and told me I couldn't <laughs> do any of those things. I threw the party with the resources that I could. And it was a great party, but having to put my vision in line with my budget was a big challenge for me mm. a bit realistically. Mm-hmm. And that, <laughs> believe me when I tell you it was a big challenge for me, right. you know, when your budget is Bentley and I mean, when your vision is Bentley and your budget <laughs> was as an entrepreneur was not Bentley <laughs> or like so, you go, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because you're growing, you're growing and you're still making these connections and you're building these networks and you're building new consumers. And so it was a challenge and you can't, beat up on yourself and you can't be negative you just got to be positive and you got to grow and be patient with yourself that's the message i you have to be patient with yourself and you know know that your whatever you want is coming i realized that i can't give myself credit for this quote i know i think it came from my cousin but i had to be my first client so mm-hmm. i had to be the positive voice that I'm telling everybody else to be and to be patient and kind with my process. As part of the process and growing and Mm -hmm. developing, Mm -hmm. you've come a long way Mm -hmm. in 49 years. Yes. yes, And you've fallen more, more than once. Why did you decide to become an entrepreneur? Yeah, that's a good question. It, it probably had a lot to do with just that not that nine to five grind, yeah. which um, I mean, everybody has to have a job, but I really didn't want to be in any job where I felt like I just couldn't grow. Mm. I wanted to be able to make an impact on my community, but I also wanted to be able to grow, not just you show up every day and repeat. Mm. You show up every day and repeat, and mm. that's it at the end of the day. And some people, you know, say, well, I got my check and I'm okay. You know, but sometimes you want more than that. You right. do. You want more, and that's it. I want it more. And sometimes it was hard because people will look at you and say, who are you to want more? And mm. who are you to fight for more? And how do you deserve more? Well, how am I not going to deserve more? Right. And you should want more, too. You should want, you should absolutely want more and you deserve more. You deserve whatever you want and you can have whatever you want. That's one of the things I, I don't believe that people should think so small. And you, when you think small, you, you really have put a ceiling on yourself that doesn't have to be there. As soon as you put that ceiling there, you have to stay committed to that. But as soon as you take that off, now what? You can have a house, you can have a Tesla, you can have a jet, you can have whatever you want because you can go get it. Mm. But as soon as you say, no, I got about $18 an hour. Well, that's as far as you're going to get. When you're 80, that's as far as you're going to get. Always, forever. What's the grand plan or the future of big consulting? We want to get our Diamond Summer 
our Diamond Series up, which is a, a nonprofit program that we're having to help underprivileged women with business strategy. I just believe that they always talk about people getting off welfare or getting off Section 8 or food stamps or whatever to get a job. But what if you got off public assistance and started your own business and had something of your own mm. so you can be relying upon yourself? And what does that look like? We have a program that we want to start to train women how to do that. So if they want to, they'd have the resources when they're ready. So we're working on those things as well. For Visioneer Nation out there, what is something that they could do today to grow a strong and profitable business? What I believe saved me and the message I believe that would save anyone, I wish I'd learned it sooner, Mm -hmm. would be to lose your fear. And people think some people say fear is your enemy. I say to lose it. I've learned to operate and to do things in spite of your fear. Mm. Like with snowboarding, I might fall. I could really hurt myself. But you do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Or you go walk into a room of 200 people and you're going to speak and present yourself. You may be embarrassed, but do it anyway. Because you may be a success and you may make new alliances. You may win a contract or you may get new employee or whatever it is that may have a positive outcome. So take the leap, take the challenge, lose the fear. And that's what people, you could have done that 10 years ago. Do it today. Lucifer. Yanni, this has been a pleasure and a real treat having you on the Small Business Celebration Podcast. Absolutely. I'm glad to be here. So grateful. And we really appreciate that you came on. This is great. Anytime. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Ron, what's with the kazoo? That doesn't sound very much like Christmas holidays. It's because New Year's is just around the corner, and many small business leaders like to inspire their employees and their favorite clients for a terrific New Year ahead. And each time a visioneer reserves an order for our affordable tables, linens, plates, flatware, glasswares, and all the other decorations or tents you may need, we blow a kazoo. But what if I want to reserve all of our party needs from you at Geronco? Is it too late for the New Year? Mike, I'll tell you and any member of Visionaire Nation that listens to this podcast, come on down to our shop at 7501 Brundage Lane here in Bakersfield or give us a call at 661-325-0855 or check us out on our website at Joronco Rentals. That's J-O-R-O-N-C-O rentals with an S dot com. Wait, let me get a piece of paper and, and a pen. And that was 7501 East Brundage Lane here in Bakersfield at 661-325-0855 or on your website at Dronco Rentals. That's J-O-R-O-N-C-O rentals.com. Who is a visioneer? A visioneer is a small business leader who is a pioneer that has vision. A visioneer is someone willing to see the world not as it is, but as it could be. And is willing to do something about it. A visioneer is ethical, smarter, faster, and leaner than the mainstream competition. A visioneer gives value first because visioneers are in business for the long haul. Visioneers understand the difference between saving money and earning a profit. Visioneers define their destiny. Visioneers create their own luck. Visioneers surround themselves with successful, like-minded people. 
Visioneers are renegades who defy the mainstream competition and are ready to change the world. Are you a visioneer? Join the Visioneer tribe at Small Business Celebration on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram today. Thank you for listening to the Small Business Celebration podcast. Some of today's music was brought to you by Ted Hammond, and you might find more of Ted's music at ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. That's ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. If you enjoyed this episode and gained some insight from it for your business, subscribe to the Small Business Celebration podcast at iTunes.com forward slash Small Business Celebration and give us a five-star review. Also, if there's a business you'd like us to interview, reach out to us on LinkedIn and Facebook and let us know. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Roberts of the Small Business Celebration Podcast, and we wish you a strong and profitable business.